0: Community and Addiction Services of Niagara, or Casson, provides comprehensive treatment for alcohol, drug, gambling, and gaming, and internet addiction for individuals and their families. I haven't talked about compulsive gambling on my show before. CASIN's Marnie Proctor refers to gambling as the hidden addiction, and I think you'll be surprised when you hear what can be considered a gambling problem. Hi, Marnie. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. How are you, Janice? I'm,
0: I'm great. I haven't talked to you for a while. Uh, no. So th- thank you for coming on the show. I wanted to talk about gambling because I've never talked about uh, gambling, which is an addiction. So let's start with, can you give me a definition, of gambling?
1: definition a, a pro- of gambling? Sort of a
0: problem gambling.
1: Yes. So that would be, well, gambling on its own would be risking something of value uh, in something that has chance. So a game of chance. So that could be anything from money to for kids. It could be pogs or video games, just something that holds a value and risking it, not knowing what the outcome will be. And Um, problem gambling, uh, I would say gets more into when it is overtaking your life. So, um, it's causing you some problems. You're starting to develop like some, um, Cognitive distortions where you're thinking that the more you gamble, the more you're going to win or the quicker you're, or you're coming closer to a win. Um, so then that, when that starts to happen, then you have a bit more of a problem.
0: Yeah, when we were talking earlier, you referred to it as the hidden addiction.
1: Yes, that's right. Um, so because we don't generally as society talk about money a lot unless we share money as in like partners or something like that. Um it can get hidden for a very long time. You often don't see the physicality of it. So uh, with drinking, you can usually smell it on somebody. Uh, With drugs, the behavior may change. Um, So it's a little easier to spot, but with gambling, not so easy.
0: The current revenue, and I believe this um, stat was from 2022, that Canadians gamble around, uh, the revenue is around $16 billion which is uh, sort of a little bit mind blowing and yes. that the highest rate of gambling is the 15 to 29 year old age group. Right. And 15 sounds pretty young to me.
1: It does. But if you're looking at the Austus report, so the Austus report is put out for the Niagara area and that would include our youth. That would be like grade seven to 12. Um, they're already showing signs at that point of developing gambling dependencies. So 26 are, are 26% of the students report that uh, gambling online at least one time within the last year. So that's a quarter of the students in grades 7 to 12 are already engaging in online gambling.
0: Now, it, uh, what, uh, define online gambling for me because I get the, you know, you're playing a poker game or whatever online or roulette, mm-hmm. but it also includes gaming. So how do you how does that work? Because I'm sure I'm guessing that's where a lot of the kids are. They're 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 betting on games.
1: Right. So it could be playing poker online uh, or betting on different sports games, or it could definitely be in uh, video games themselves. So they have in-app purchases, um, ways that you can level up with by paying money. Um, things that you can buy what's called like a loot crate where you may get something extra for your character. You may not, you may get something of value. You may not. So falls into that definition of gambling. So even within their video games, there's definitely that element of chance. You see, I wouldn't think of that as
0: gambling. I, I think a lot of people would not think of that because we all do. Well, we don't all, because I rarely do in-app purchases, but right. um, but an in-app purchase is just, yeah, I'm going to up my game level from level one to level two. You know, they, they tell you, you can't play. You get so good at level one. We can't play level two if you don't give us five bucks.
1: Right. So if you are just paying for like an upgrade, then it wouldn't fall into the definition of gambling. It's more than if you were paying, not knowing what you're going to get. So you may get 500 points. You may get five points. Then it falls more into the definition of gambling. Okay, it's like roll up the rim too. like there is a certain amount of intention that goes with it is roll up the rim gambling. Well, essentially not because um, but it is on the other side. So like it, it could be argued either way because you you pay for the coffee, you get the coffee. So it's not really gambling. But if you get the coffee, coffee and you go outside and you dump the coffee, which I've seen people do, you're just buying it for the cup. Then it's gambling
0: or you go more often. Or you're you going see out. that, you know, I'm, Oh, it's roll up the rim. I'm going to go and get a cop, my usual coffee in the morning. And then I'm going to pick one up, one up in the afternoon. Right. That might be the one that you, you buy the smallest one you can get. My family, I'm not a gambler. And I think part of it is, I mean, I had an alcohol addiction. Um, so I'm a little bit addictive in that way. I've got a little bit of a food sugar kind of an addiction but I don't have a gambling addiction. So there's, there's two things um, that I want to ask you about. One is my, my dad's father was a compulsive gambler and he was of the worst level. He lost everything. He lost his family. He ended up living on the street. Yeah. He, you know, he ended up, and I'm sure even up to the time he died, he was probably still betting on something. And I, and I don't know what that gambling was. So when I was growing up, my dad said the, the maximum amount you can bet on anything is a quarter. Okay. And I never changed from that because, um, I don't know if somewhere in the back of my mind, I thought, Oh, I might get a gambling problem, but I never bet more than a quarter. Except mm-hmm. when I went to the racetrack, which wasn't very often. Um, okay. I knew somebody who owned a horse. I took my 20 bucks and I could come home at zero, but I couldn't come home below. So I could win a hundred dollars and I could spend that. I could bet that a hundred dollars, but I couldn't come home below zero. Okay. So that worked okay for me, but what is it in the brain? Yeah. Because somebody else could do exactly that. Reduction. Yeah, that's their intention, but it doesn't work out that yeah. way. So what's the brain in gambling? Yeah, I think that's where of, it's hard for people to understand.
1: It's a shot of dopamine. And if you get that rush early enough in your life or for long enough sustained, like you go on a really good winning streak, it rewires your brain. It actually will tell tell your brain, it will send different signals to your brain about how close you are to a win and all of those cognitive issues. Uh, it starts out in your brain, it re, rewires the circuiting. So you're not even thinking the same as you were before all those big wins.
0: It's interesting, uh, because I w- when I was reading about gambling, they made the point that with alcohol or substance use, there's a Feeling of some kind of, I don't know if you call it euphoria, but there's a physical, like you were saying at, at the beginning, where um, uh, like there's a physicality to it, where with gambling, you don't really see it. I mean, how many people have you stood behind at the, at the uh, Avondale and they've been cashing in 50 tickets and you want to grab them and say, Can you just let me pay for my quart of milk? Like or right. my liter of milk, right? Um, then they select the fifty scratch and wins that they want for next time from the from the uh, ranking of zero, no gambling, to the worst type of gambling. Where in that? Where would that fall on that on that uh, continuum?
1: I would say it depends on how often they do that. Maybe they do that once a month, but maybe they're in there every day. So it would depend on that. And also if they have a lot of money and it's not really interfering with their life and they don't share finances with anyone else, it's a choice, right? Um, but if it's, if they're going home and not eating because of that, if, it, if it's really affecting their life, like that's their only uh, joy in life is to wake up and go to that store to be able to buy that, like then it could be a problem, right?
0: What is the opposite of the dopamine you have from winning? I think I don't think a, there's anybody in the world who doesn't put in a lottery ticket and and win one new ticket who doesn't feel like
1: yeah I want a ticket
0: right? I, I think yeah. that that's across the board. Yeah, but I'd um, say
1: probably the opposite to that dopamine rush would be boredom.
0: Huh? Not
1: bored and
0: that's interesting. I wouldn't ever yeah. have. Thought. I mean, I could get boredom if you were going to a casino as opposed to a lottery ticket. What is so that takes me to what is the most common kind of of, of betting? Is it actually the physical of going to a casino or going to a racetrack or going to a bar? There's lots of bars you can go to where there are you know, a gazillion screens and they're playing all of the football games and you can go over here and all of the racetracks are, are playing. Um, so you've, you know, you've got this like cornucopia of, of uh, things you could put on your gambling plate.
1: Absolutely, Yes. I would say for the clients who come into Cassin, it's mostly the casinos. So this has changed in two different ways. Um, it used to be the casinos, like going into the physical casino because we have so many here The opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity. Um, A few things have shifted that. First of all, the casino's closed for months and months during COVID. So people weren't able to, but then also the government of uh, the Ontario government opened up iGaming in July of 2021. Uh, So that allowed for online sports betting where we had never been uh, had legal online sports betting before in Ontario. So now um, I feel like if I talk to the folks at the casino, they would say that uh, in-person visits to the casino are definitely down because folks can stay home now and gamble from their computer.
0: I was going to ask about the casino, whether because we're close to a casino, uh, people mm-hmm. who are living in Niagara itself, Niagara region, would have, uh, there would be um, more people with some level of gambling issue here. But we also currently take in Toronto. Because they don't have their own casino yet
1: yes right yes and there's also one right across the border um, as well so a lot of it which is very popular so there is yeah. a high amount of gambling in this area for sure as compared to other areas uh, but there's also more funding and i know that um, at cassin we have more funding coming to us for gambling Uh, And they do do a really good job at the PlaySmart Center, which is located in the casino and the casino itself and responsible gambling on making sure that that money goes into areas where gambling is more readily accessible than other areas.
0: So and OLG has a program um, which is uh, exclusion. Yes. And can you explain that to me a little bit and how that works?
1: So their self exclusion program is just as it says you self exclude. So you decide that you don't want to have access to the casinos uh, in the area. Um, I believe it covers all Ontario casinos, if I'm right. Um, So you sign on, you go in, you have your photo taken so that uh, facial recognition will pick you up at the door Uh, if you try to enter. So you're not allowed to come in. And the thing about this that makes it effective, I think, is that if you win a certain amount of money and you are um, flagged and they run your name and find out you're self-excluded, you don't get those winnings. So it's a big oh, deterrent. That's donated to oh, charity. So it's a big deterrent. Right. If they keep your money.
0: They keep yes. the money you've bet and you don't get the winnings. Well, they
1: give it to charity.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. really, really uh, significant, I would think, for a lot of people. Yes, but if you get into that level of, of gambling, and again, I think if you're, if you're not a gambler, it's really hard to understand this. Because if you, you know have the odd glass of wine, you might say, okay, I, I sort of understand how you could have an alcohol problem. But if you're not a gambler, it's impossible, I, I think, to recognize that, that dopamine. I went to the casino a bunch of years ago, and you know, I was thinking I was going to get apples and oranges and lemons. Mm-hmm. And that would be kind of fun. And it was so complicated. I said to the person I was with, how do I know if I'm winning? Yeah. Because it was so complicated. Yes. And I thought, well, this isn't fun because it's taking way too much brain space for me to do this.
1: Oh, and then if you get into the table games and everything and the odds and the chances and everything, see, that's where PlaySmart really comes into effect. They're very good. You can go into the PlaySmart Center and they'll explain your odds. They'll explain how the... Um, the slot machines work, how the tables work, all of that, so that you understand kind of what you're getting yourself into. Um, I'm not a gambler either. I've been to Vegas four times and I've gambled in total $20 in the four times that (laughs) I've been there. So I'm not a gambler either, but I sure can see, you know, like I'll take my, every couple of years, I'll go to the casino here in Niagara and I'll spend like $20 to $40 and then that's it. But I can see there's been a couple of times where I've been like, wow, you know, I really, I, I have that urge, like, I understand a bit what people go through when they really have that strong urge to gamble.
0: I know people who tell me that they go to gamble so they can get the free ticket to the show at the uh, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: the, the center there. And they do get good music there. But I, I really yeah. question whether you'd spend that much money in the casino to get a ticket that probably doesn't cost you that much money.
1: <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's probably cheaper just to go buy the ticket.
0: <laughs> right, right. Um, but gambling is can be devastating. It can absolutely. absolutely devastate a person's life and it can devastate their family. And that we do see on television and in movies. We, we see how that rolls out and somebody loses their job and they're still not able to to stop.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we just heard about that from you, right? Your own experience. So thank yep. you for sharing that. And I'm sorry your family had to go through that. I, yeah, I get that.
0: Well, I also had my my mom had a a really close friend, they're really close friends in my family. And their son who was my age started gambling in high school. Um, by the time he was in grade 13, he was stealing everything he could get his hands on from his parents. And mm-hmm. it was it was so Shocking to me that that could happen because I was young. I I really I really didn't understand it at that point. Do you sense that there there is or might be because this is sort of new a change coming because celebrities aren't allowed mm-hmm. to do ads promoting gambling anymore.
1: Yes, so they were in the beginning of iGaming. So I feel like there's that message is sort of already out there. I mean, I was definitely happy to see that news because there are folks that if they really resonate with that person and um, then they'll do what that person is doing. Right. Definitely. There's no doubt that celebrities have an impact on the things that we do. That's why they use celebrities to promote all kinds of different things. So I'm happy with the uh, with the ruling that that's not going to happen anymore. But I feel like um, I feel like it's already happened quite a bit. So um, I'm really hoping it won't have a lasting effect.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you'd probably have to have a desire to gamble in the first place. But then you see your, you know, favorite football player, and well, if it's okay for him, it must be okay for me. You have programs there that help people understand whether they have a gambling problem, and I'm thinking that people come to that program when they're really at the end of the road which yes. is usually why people would um, accept help for some for alcoholism for example is when you yes. hit the end of the road you've lost your job you've lost your family
1: exactly or somebody in the family like a spouse is saying if you don't get help then you know we're done kind of thing so that's when folks usually come for all addictions uh to cast in something usually not always, but usually something major has happened in their life that's brought them there. So we can help with individual counseling. Um, For sure, that's a big part of what we do at Casson. We do have, um, I I believe we're almost at or just over 50 counselors. So we have a very large team. Mm -hmm. Very large team. And we run about 25 different programs throughout Casson. So there is, uh, we do do a partnership which is like a day treatment for gambling for folks that are having gambling issues. Um, so there's all kinds of different treatment options. And we're always looking to expand that as much as we can too.
0: Right. When someone comes you have day treatment programs and you also have um, in-house program, live-in programs. At um, we do
1: for um, drugs and alcohol.
0: Okay. But not for gambling.
1: Not for gambling, no.
0: Gambling why, is, what why we, is a that? process
1: addiction. Uh, gambling is a process addiction. So it's a different, uh, different than a substance addiction. So it's not necessarily something where you would need to go into like that full-time uh, recovery situation. And we would want to have, like, well, there was a reason why we put people who are struggling from drugs into the same house together, right? Because they understand that and they can support each other. Whereas gambling is a bit different being a process addiction. So it doesn't follow the same path as a standard drug or alcohol addiction.
0: What does a process addiction mean?
1: You're addicted to a process as opposed to a substance. Okay. Okay. So it could be like your cell phone, it could be gaming, the internet, those shopping, that those are examples of process addictions.
0: Cell phones are certainly an an obsession.
1: Cell phones have been a growing area at Cowson for sure. And I'm doing a lot of preventative work, well, as prevention as much as I can in the elementary schools.
0: And is that just the fact of put down your phone and don't pick it up, even if it doesn't involve being in some sort of gaming situation? It's just literally yes. put it over there. Don't pick it up.
1: It does have some um, some realizations in it when I'm delivering the the information that uh, we check our phone over a hundred times a day. So just constantly having our attention pulled away as well. And then there's the safety. So like cyber safety, the actual safety of the radiation of the phone. Um, if you're walking around with it and, you know, near different body parts is not good and the safety of the apps that they're using. So when you're talking about like TikTok and and uh, Snapchat, where's the, you know, how do you use those apps safely?
0: Yeah. So that's really interesting. I mean, I think, I think, you know, people say all the time, Oh, I'm di- addicted to my phone or can't put my phone down or Oh my gosh, I'm addicted to this game. Have you tried it? Mm-hmm. But we don't think of it. I mean, I think of it as an addiction because I can't put it down, but I hadn't really thought of it beyond being something that would be treatable and oh, for younger okay. kids, for younger kids. yeah, I mean, I, my, in my belief, well just, I can just put my phone and leave it in my office at the end of the day, my home office, and then I don't go near it. And the relief is great, but that lasts about two days. And then I forget I'm supposed to, to leave it there. <laughs> for me, I obsessively check the news. Which started, oh, okay. which started with Donald Trump because when okay. I needed a break, like a humor break to laugh at something, I just looked to see what he was doing, but all obsessive. Well, you know what? The news doesn't change between 7.30 and eight o'clock. I mean, it just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? That's right. And then I do so, it. Yeah. And then I do uh, it. I and wish- if it
0: hasn't changed, there's a sense of loss.
1: Yeah. You're so afraid you're going to miss out and not know what's going on in the world. And, you know, at the same time, you, you are like, we are rewiring our brain again for a shorter attention span. And if there isn't that hit there, it's like, Oh, nothing's happened. Nobody's texted me, you know, and there's that little bit of disappointment that there's not some new stimulus the stimuli to be able to look at and, you know, keep our brains active. So again, boredom dealing with boredom. Uh, we have such short attention spans now.
0: Tell me about the other um, uh, things that that you do there um, and the other programs that you have at Casson Yes at Casson.
1: Um, so we do have a day treatment program for drugs and alcohol so folks would be coming into our office during the day uh, so they don't it's not residential they're not staying over it's just the day um, uh, Monday to Friday for about 30 days. So similar to residential treatment, but they go home nights and weekends. Um, We have our ASH program, which is where we have folks who are like we talked about a little bit, living in um, houses where um, they have access to counselors and everything uh, that's for usually about under a year, just under a year, but sometimes it goes a little over. Um, We also work with a lot of the local shelters uh, with our consumption site. Um, with the Brock University, with Niagara College, uh, so we do a lot of partnerships and a lot of outreach um, going out to folks who may be underhoused or homeless, and you know they would probably never come into Cassin, but we can go out to them and working in outreaching areas as well. So mobile services that go out to Waynefleet, Crystal Beach, um, so big variety. You're a
0: diamond in the <laughs> in the region. Marnie, thanks for coming on and talking to me. We need to talk some more because you do do so many things in, in the community.